Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. One of my favorite exercises to use with the K-Box is the K-Box Zercher Squat. Uh, the big thing with the equipment they provide is the bar is padded, so it's a lot more comfortable than you would be with a barbell, but it still is going to be all the upper back, leg, and core work of the normal Zercher Squat. A couple pro tips that I'd say here, make sure you've got a little bit more room on the strap at the top than you would guess so that you can keep it flowing smooth up and down. And I prefer to start this exercise at the bottom. So sit back, get all the way down into that deep squat position, chest up, abs tight, and start driving up. With the goal to keep your posture high and move fluidly through the range of motion, this is an absolute favorite of mine, and I hope you guys give it a try with your K-Box today. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Klaus, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Like, yeah. we've been following the, the, the show for so long that it's like, like, what? I'm talking to Jake? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like this isn't something Appreciate we've been trying it. for a minute here, too, buddy. I know. Imagine that. Two people in basketball. It's kind of hard to know. get their schedules to work. But, yeah. yeah. No, we, we did it. Yeah, man. You know, and it only took a pandemic and you being stuck in a bubble for us to be able to put this down. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but, but listen, man, for like the three quarters of a human listening right now that doesn't know who you are and where you're at, uh, let's give them the, the quick little rundown. Uh, so I'm fortunate enough to be with the Denver Nuggets right now currently as a assistant strength and conditioning coach. Um, and it's a phenomenal organization. So far, I have only great things to say about them all the way from the management side all the way through the coaching side and everybody else that works in the in the building and the facilities like the culture there is awesome so it's like I'm very fortunate to be here so and you took a, a different route to get to the NBA than a, a lot of the coaches that have had the ability to to get into the league I know uh yeah it's funny because uh, I gave a talk a few months back and I actually brought that up because the question was, um, Klaus, please tell me, how the hell did you make it from women's basketball to the NBA? <laughs> and it, it was funny because it was at a barbecue. And like that question struck me. So after the barbecue, I'm driving home and I'm like, like, what do you mean? Like, why is that so shocking? Uh, and then I'm like, okay, for someone that doesn't really understand the field and how that works with connections and all that stuff, I guess it is an odd jump 
right? To go from women's college hoops to professional men. Um, but again, that's just to show that like, it's not really like, if you're a good coach, you're a good coach. You could be coaching cricket, you could be coaching ping pong, you could be coaching like hockey. It, it doesn't matter. I feel like as a strength coach, like if you start analyzing the body from the whole and the holistic standpoint, you can start understanding the demands of the sport and then everything kind of like goes from there. So I was at, for four years, I was at Auburn University with women's uh, basketball, three and a half years. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously there's a unique connection when it comes to the strength and conditioning staff that is, I mean, the, the word that I just used is one that we're using so much right now, and that's just unique. Yeah. And, you know, having two Brazilians on staff is probably something that uh, is, is something you don't find very often when it comes to the performance. I know, right? What are the chances? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was interesting just because, again, like, that's another point that I get asked a lot. And it's like, oh, like, did, did he recruit you when you were in Brazil? Like, because Felipe, uh, my boss, the head strength and conditioning coach, he is Brazilian as well. And I think he's been on the show before, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's like, it's like, it was crazy because like people don't realize that, yeah, we're both Brazilians or whatever, but we met like five years ago at the NBA strength coaches conference. And at the time I was like, just, I was at Auburn already. I actually know it was before that I was with a WNBA in Dallas. And I was helping the men's uh, Dallas Mavericks as well. Just like kind of like stopping by, like showing face, getting to know the, the guys there. And then the heck guy at the Mavericks was like, man, if you ever want to get into the NBA, I recommend you go to this conference. So, but then again, it was more like an advice, like slash, like, hey, you got to pay your own way to go there. So I go um, again, just to meet coaches and then learn and, when I get there at the the first day, the guy from the Mavericks goes like, oh, man, uh, I forgot to tell you, there's a strength coach for the Nuggets that's also from Brazil. And I'm like, oh, no way. He's like, yeah, I'll introduce you to you. And that's like fast forward five years, now we're working together. So people think it was this thing like, oh, he's from Brazil. He's a strength coach. All right, you choose your work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like that. It took five years of us staying in touch and, like, hard things at Auburn, like, hard things with the Nuggets. And, you know, we would develop a friendship and then a mutual respect for the profession on both levels. And then things just work from there. Yeah, and I think it's funny, too. It's probably one of those instances where it's like, oh, I mean, he's from Brazil. Do you know him? You know, it's like not knowing that it's one of the largest countries on the planet. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, of course. You know what I mean, we, we, we used to run into each other all the time back home. Yeah, yeah. But, and then funny enough, like, you know, if we trace it back, like, we, we have a lot of people that we know that are in common. They're from Brazil. And it's funny because we play basketball. We both play basketball growing up. So it's like there's some, like, iconic people down in Brazil that – we're like, oh, like you, you know, like I played in City before against teams from where Felipe's neighborhood is and all that stuff. So it's been super interesting. It's just like, it's just what are the odds? You know, there's not many Brazilian strength coaches in the United States. 
Um, but there's a few, so it's like we're slowly like creeping up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. But yeah, but that, you know, let's talk about that transition. You know, coming coming from the WNBA to the women's program at Auburn. Yeah. And then taking that next step to the NBA. Let, let's talk about that because I think that the one thing that people think they understand, but I still think they don't really understand is how different mm -hmm. what we do is in the college level versus the pro. I mean, I'll, I'll start off with this. Um, I personally believe I got the job from women's pro to Auburn because of my warm-up. And, and, and I know that's, that's kind of mind-blowing, right? Um, because I'm out there on the floor. I come out early. I set everything up or whatever the, the, the pieces of the warm that we had set up at the time. And there was a gentleman watching practice that day. And he happened to come in early as well. So he sees me set up. He sees me take the pride on, like, you know, spreading the foam rollers out or the bands or whatever it was. And then the girls at the time were in film. And this is in the WNBA, okay? So, like, they're in there. I'm over there waiting. They come out. I'm, I'm greeting them in different ways. Um, I, I believe that in a warm-up as a strength coach, you have to face at least one to two seconds with each player. Like, you have to weave in and out, say hello, what's up, tap on the shoulder, whatever you need to do to make sure your presence is noticed by them and you get a feel for where they at that day. And it came out of film. So it's like, I always like to do that too, to kind of like gauge the temperature. Was it a positive film session? Was it negative? Like, how so-and-so? People talk about assessments. That's a daily assessment to me right there. Um... And then boom, we get into like our dynamic stuff and we do the warm up, blah, 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 blah. I did this little corny thing at the end where I, I used to like give them high fives in line and just kind of like try to set the tone for the day or whatever. Um, while warm up is over, practice is done. Uh, this gentleman approaches me and I watch him, right? He watched the whole practice. Um, and he says like, hey, uh, I got a question for you. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I work for Auburn, and I can't watch practice. I like how you interacted with the girls on the warm-up. Would you be interested in applying for a position that we have open? And I'm like, at the time, I was like, not really, because, you know, I was women's pro, helping out the Mavericks a little bit. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm right here, WNBA, NBA, knocking on the door. They're like, all right, man, at least send your resume in. I'm like, all right, what do I have to lose, right? So I sent my stuff in, and then a month later, I was <laughs> I was taking the job. So it was one of those things where I'm like, like that was almost like my business card, you know? And and I, I don't treat warm-ups differently if there's people watching or not. Like, it's just the, the behavior of... I don't know, loving your craft and understanding like in the pro level, sometimes the only interaction coaching wise you have in a day, sometimes is just a warm up. 
because it might be a day that they're not lifting. It might be a day that all you really, they have is practice. So it's like, you're there, the warm up guy. And then coaches complain about this stuff, but they forget that a warm up done well over a span of a week. If you have five practices and your warm up is 10 minutes, that's 50 minutes. People talk about microdosing, periodize your warm up for those five days and train them. Like, you know, people forget sometimes, like, that. guess what? The whole team is there, and then you have 10 minutes. There's something no one's going to touch it, you know, because, like, oh, I don't have time to lift them after practice or before practice, and the schedule's crazy. And I'm like, all right, when do you have the whole team together? Like, dude, the warm-up. So let's do One day we do single-leg movements, right? One day we do our foam rolling series. Like, one day if it's after a game, you do more of a regeneration warm-up. If it's a day that's like a Monday, you need to kind of wake them up, you do something more CNS-driven. Granted, in within a frame, but uh, it's almost like, like, it, it's right there. It's up for grabs. So that was my attitude at the time. So that's kind of how the, the transition happened. And, I mean, the rest was history. And, and I'm going to make a, a, a jump back. When I was a grad assistant, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with um, men's and women's tennis. And um, it was amazing because... I used to love to go to the, the, the tennis facility to warm these guys up for practice. So it became this thing where like in tennis culture, they never had a strength coach warming them up. And I was like, I want to train them. And they appreciated that. So it was one of those things. I'm like, yeah. So I warmed them up. Guess what? Before a tournament. And then guess what? The athletic trainer that was covering that tennis tournament event happened to be the athletic trainer for the WNBA team. And then after the tournament was over, she approached me and was like, hey, I like the stuff you're doing with the tennis guys. Would you be interested in working with women's basketball? And I'm like, so that was the first time a warm-up got me a conversation. And then fast forward to the WNBA episode that I just explained, it was the second time a warm-up got the conversation started for my career, you know? And then people like, they... Like strength coaches, like I feel like sometimes they, they forget about that. You know, I didn't know people were watching, but guess what? Someone's always watching. So that's that's my uh my transition story in uh in like a two minute sprint. <laughs> Dude, but there's so much in that that we can get back to. But I think that the biggest thing to understand, and listen, man, I'm as guilty as anybody. You know, you get into January, February. Gosh, I hope we get into January, February this year. Yeah, and you're like, like crazy. Yeah, and you're just like, my gosh, I would, I would, just like rather get punched in the face than go stretch these guys out right now. Understanding that, like, like how you said, like your warm ups, your business card, like that, that's heavy, man. Like, like that's gonna stick with me. Like that's gonna be something where like I like I'm gonna write that down and put it up to like your warm up's your business card. Like make sure that these cats yeah. like know that like yo, even if we got ten minutes, baby, like we got ten minutes. Like ten is more than zero. <laughs> no, exponentially more. And yeah. I think that a lot of us take that for granted. And I think that understanding that your warm up's your business card and that people are always watching, like those examples of that ending out having a huge positive impact for you are priceless. Yeah. I mean, you never know. And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to toot my horn here and say that I never had a bad warm up. 
Like on the other hand, I had so many shitty ones, excuse my language, but it was like, it's, it's just like, um, everybody detracts off the path a little bit. You just gotta, you know, like kind of like use the guardrails and like pull yourself back. And I'm like, you know what? I had two bad warmups this week. My goal for next week is to only have one, if that's the case, you know, cause it's not perfect. There's days that it's like you said, like, and I'm not going to lie, like in the bubble that happened already, where sometimes like, it's like two of the warm, <laughs> it's like, here we go. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. but, but you got it. You like, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we just like start hanging the hat on, on like, dude, it gets so tiring. It gets so late in the season. And like, it's, it's like pulling teeth, you know, guys don't want to move and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I know, but guess what? Everybody's going through the same thing. So it's like, you know what? Like, like you just gotta do it, and then and then hopefully get something out of it. So, well, or even more so, right? Like, well, the guys don't want to do that, or the the women don't want to do that. All right. Like, human beings are creative, right? I mean, like we came mm -hmm. up with Star Wars. Like, we could probably find a different way. For them to stretch your hamstrings out like to do yep. something that might even if you only do it once just something that that might get them to to be a little better at that day and you know maybe they need that like yeah it, it this is just again like stuff that i, I play with it in the past and and I, I told i tell this a lot of people and it's like women's basketball almost uh sorry i shouldn't say women's basketball but like my position at Auburn um, almost made me quit the field, right? Like, like bluntly, I'll, I'll admit this. I'm guilty as charged. Like, the whole experience was amazing because I had to rewire myself because here I was super motivated to train to the best of my abilities. And then at times I had a group of athletes that weren't as nearly as motivated as I was. And there was a gap and that gap is so noticeable. And sometimes people don't recognize this gap. I didn't at first I was, I was living for the job and not realizing that these people did not want to be trained how I wanted to be, to, to be training them. So it, to me, it was like, it was like, it was misery, you know, because I personally think that strength coaches got to understand that your athletes don't love training as much as you do. Right? We went to school for this stuff, man. And your athletes don't care. And then, you know, the whole thing, like, they only care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Like, and... I had to change my approach and that saved my career. It was through Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Again, I tell this to a lot of people because for that one hour of Jiu Jitsu, it made me decompress and think clearly without having to worry about like there was one hour a day that I could focus on me and like let my brain reboot from trying to figure out this puzzle. Like why these people don't like to train? How can I coach them better? Am I a bad coach or I have bad athletes? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just like the whole, the whole journey, like 
was probably the best thing that happened to my life in terms of on a professional side because it made me realize what kind of coach I was. And if it wasn't for hardship in those situations, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now because it opened up an array of perspective. So. Well, I think that that's sensational. And there's two <laughs> things that I want to ask you about that. The first, like, I think that a lot of us have had those situations where we go from, uh, I mean, there's no way to kind of tip you to around it, being like that blockhead meathead that thinks that they got all the answers and know everything. Yeah. Have to refocus and take a step back and start figuring out why we actually suck. Um, and, and to hear that, at that level where you're, you're you're stuck in that situation, stuck's the wrong word, but I think that everyone understands what I mean. Um, how huge of an impact did that have when you came up to the association? Because we do know that a lot of those guys are not the biggest fans of clanging and banging like those of us that watch lifting videos on YouTube and think it's cool, you yeah. know? It's people like, it's just, it's a huge gap. Like we love strength and conditioning, but that doesn't mean your athletes need to love it too. The, you know what they love? They love the relationship that you have with them. They love that you care about them. And the coaching aspect it's gonna work the moment you realize that. That your science doesn't matter. They don't care about triphasic training. They don't care about French contrast. They don't care about, you know, I don't know, the yo-yo test. They don't care about biology, physiology, and all that stuff, and hypertrophy. Like, you know what they care? They care how you come into work every day. They care, like, if you, treating them differently based on their playing time. They care if, do they, you care about them as humans first. That's usually my go-to. Yeah. I got you, man, and I, and I dig that. Now I gotta ask the second question, because a good friend of mine, um, I'll call him a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Um, he'll probably be happy that I say that, but uh, he says that that is by far and away the best place that you can refocus and recenter because the minute you stop thinking about what you're doing, some guy's going to try to pop your head off like a dandelion. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, like, you got to be present. You got to be in that position to know, like, what that is. But that's the other thing with that is the importance of finding that is something that I think more and more coaches are starting to understand. I mean, like for me, it's like going out and walking my dog when the day's done right now. I mean, like mm -hmm. we're running a ton of groups because of all this and we've got to like being able to go out and just like walk and be away from everything for 45 minutes or so is, is like a life changer. And I think that the importance of finding that so you can sit there and refocus and not just like you said, like reboot, but also kind of reflect and start to figure out what's actually really important to you. Mm -hmm. is so vital to keeping yourself like in line through what you're trying to do. For sure. I mean, it's like 
it, there's so much power in in like mindfulness and meditation and all that stuff but i'll tell you i'm not a good meditator like at all like i i can't sit still much longer like this right here it feels like it's still but it's a very engaged conversation but like just sitting outside trying to focus on my breath like i, I i'm just not that proficient with it I, although i do try it and it's been getting better but jujitsu is, is exactly what you said it's like there's it's a they call it like movement of chest right or chest movement and it's like it so much dexterity is involved like if you're doing something with your hand you could also be doing stuff with your legs and feet and they're doing the same thing so if they might be distracting with something but they're setting something up and it's just like it's a metaphor for life because some days you're at the bottom some days you're at the top some days like someone is trying as hard as they can to take you down and then sometimes you try to take someone down as hard as you can so it, it was like you don't have time to think of the outside world when you're doing jujitsu most of the time you're like in it and the day you're not in it guess what either you wake up from a choke or you just be like like what the hell just happened to me <laughs> you know like um that happens that happens all the time so it's like it's it's almost like it's refreshing because um people talk about mindfulness right living in the moment and like jujitsu to me is a perfect practice of that because it's it's i have one target and that target has me as a target and we just go back and forth so how do the guys take that like i mean obviously the players know that you practice and that that's a big part of your life like what are yeah. their what's their take on it oh they think it's cool <laughs> and they'll be like one day i'm gonna wrestle you i'm like okay all right, yeah, sure, come on. Yeah, let's sign do this it. paper first. It's a waiver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why I'm like, man, I don't want to do this because if it's something like, I don't know, my mistake happens and it's like, oh, you're very expensive. I'll be right. <laughs> Here, big so dog, I just, I just cast. You got it. You got it. But yeah, you know what's funny? Some of these guys are like freak athletes, well, all of them. So it's kind of like, I mean, sometimes you like you think it's going to be a walk in the park, but no. Nah. <laughs> And they're massive. Scrappy. Yep. That's exactly right. And they're massive human beings. Like, I think people, like, you know, like, we've got a kid on our team, a kid, he's like 23 years old, um, a, a guy on our team who, who's 6'11", 260. And I don't wow. think people understand, like, how big of a human that is. Like, like, you sit here and you, like, watch on TV, right? Like, you'll see it on TNT or ESPN. You're like, oh, you know, like, this guy's, like, X, Y, or Z. And people are like, oh, he must be big. And then it's like when you see LeBron in real life, and you're like, holy yeah. mackerel, that's a yeah. human? <laughs> like, yeah. just massive. And it's like, yeah. it, to take someone down that size? Yeah. No, I, I want to know. Every once in a while, this is before COVID, they would walk and like put their hands around me and like kind of like hold you like this, right? And they're like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I just start giggling because it's like, 
<laughs> it's like actually this is pretty hard to get out. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh if if you only knew, meanwhile you're like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let them feel good. They gotta feel good anyways for the game. So it's like, yeah, I'll let you I'll let you have the edge on this one. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's oh, so man. cool. I mean, but yeah, you know, and you guys have, have been having some fun down there doing some some great things with the team. They're cooking, man, and they're doing well. I'm fired up. I mean, it's, this is going to be a couple weeks after today. Today's a big one for you. Um, I know. And yeah. I think that this is one thing, too, that personally I think people need to understand more. And because I think a lot of us, especially in college, kind of get into that get-off-my-lawn-not-my-job type thing. Mm-hmm. Share with people what it's what it's like in the league. What are the other things that you guys do? You don't just get to warm them up. You don't just get to train them. There's this position that you guys are in, you and Felipe, it's not just about making sure the guys physically are better. It's about taking care of a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. It's like uh, Felipe and I, you know, we hash these things out all the time. And it's so funny because we got so many in-depth conversations um, like the other day we were like, dude, let's, let's, how, how much do we coach today? You know, like if it's a day off and let's say no practice. So there goes your warm up. So there's your 10 minutes gone. Um, and then it w- if it was a voluntary day, like where guys come in, if they want to, maybe we had, it was after a game, like maybe you have two, three guys coming in, you know, and then you lift them for 20, 30 minutes, maybe 45, start to finish. So, like, for one day, you coach for an hour or for 30 minutes, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, what do you do with the rest eight hours of the job or the rest seven and a half, whatever you want to call it? Everybody says, like, oh, it's like a like a 12-hour job. I'm like, yeah, but we still, you know, um, moving stuff. We move a lot of equipment. You know, we load and unload the truck. And uh, the nutrition aspect, you know, like we're making guys extra shakes if he's on a weight gain protocol, if he's on a, like, trim down protocol, like all that stuff. And then it's like um, – today is a, is a game day. So there's four meals that we get today. Right. Um, so it's like Felipe coordinating all this with the people here at the hotel, like, okay, what is the food ready? Like we've got to go down there make sure it's all good and set up the right way. And they're like, do we have everything we need? Like, you know, uh, the special meals, we got players with, with certain dietary restrictions or whatever, like are those meals ready? So like, like, yeah, you coach for one hour and people are like, oh, like being a strength coach in the league is easy. But like, well, not really. We're doing a lot of stuff, you know. And then we do our performance meeting, so which is daily, um, which we are pretty efficient with. There. Our, our team does an amazing job with that. Um, and then we go over each guy real quick in the mornings. And so it's like it, if you compress the work, it's not that much, but it's throughout the day and it's a lot of moving parts, you know? Um, and then it's like 
you know, take the bag to practice, bring the back back to practice, wash the blender, clean the blender. Do we have enough supplements, all this stuff. And then it's like you pack it for the game. So it's like, are the trunks ready? And then you make sure everything in the trunks is a speaker charged because the guys want music in the locker room. You know, like, do we have enough bands for the warm up? Like, do we have backups of everything just in case? You never know, you know, like, so it's like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that I that's like it. important. It's fun and the dynamic. So. Yeah, but I think that that's important. I think that a lot of people look at it and they're like, like you said, like it's kind of just like life in the league. It's just life in the league, you know? But it's like there's so much more to it and you're so much more involved on so many different levels mm-hmm. that I think that it, a lot of us in college really need to take a step back and be like, yo, like, like we're, we we got an opportunity that we could be a pretty good college basketball team this year. That's awesome. But if you're telling me that we're better than the Denver Nuggets and their staff is willing to put forth all this extra stuff, like why wouldn't you help the managers grab an extra bag? Why wouldn't you double check a couple things? Why wouldn't you sit down and, help your athletic trainer with whatever it might be before the game or this and that. Like, I think a lot of the times we sit here and we go, I paid my dues. I got here and I'm all this. And it's like, well, they're in the league and they're doing this. Like I'm in the A-10. Maybe it's time to kind of chop your own tree down a little bit there, buddy. And and yeah, pour a little more. And to that, I mean, you, you, you phrase it perfectly. It's, I feel like different jobs, right, are, are specifically designed for different people and in, not to a fault. So, like, if you feel like, because I heard this a lot, right, like, I would never work to the pros. All you do is, like, like, not enough coaching and too much, like, chore stuff. And I'm like, cool. Like, I respect that um it's to each their own you know like i'm not gonna lie though like i felipe and i we we are heavily involved in some of the drills right rebounding and like just being extra body down there setting screens or whatever um i think that's awesome and in college i know it's different because as a strength coach you can't be whatever part of the staff and you can't touch the basketball all that crap but as you can tell on my speech i don't like that aspect of college right i like to be involved and to me i tolerate that differently than maybe someone else that does not want to do any of these things that think that they're like a science coach and then all they got to do is like collect markers and make decisions so it's to each their own and i'm not criticizing if you are a sciencey guy that just wants to do numbers and spreadsheets and like look at overall loads like I, i respect that everybody needs one of those but at the same time it's like like what do you tolerate what do you want for your career and and i think that's really what it comes down to like you know, some people say, like, I will never work uh, um, uh, college hoops. Why? Oh, those, this new generation is it, oh, cool. They, it's what you tolerate. You don't want to tolerate that? Then fine. Go work, I don't know, in a private sector. It's like, I'm going to be my own boss. Like, okay, well, then 
if you can tolerate with that, that's fine. If the pandemic hits and then you're your own boss and you can't generate revenue, I don't think me, Klaus, would do very well with that. I like more of like a, a safety net of like working for a team that will give you a salary. So to each their own, you know? Um, and, and that's why I'm like, there's no right or wrong. It's more about like, like what can you tolerate? in each job or each style of strength and conditioning job so you got to find that as a professional what you what what do you tolerate what you don't 100 percent, man because if you're not you're just going to be miserable hey there you go and then and this is the other thing too it's like if if you are getting miserable and resentful like do the self-inventory first you know like is it on me or is how the field or the position is perceived? And that's what's bothering me. And I strongly feel like at least you got to give it a try to change yourself to see if you can um, adhere to that new lifestyle or position. Like people forget, like the grass is not always green on the other side. Like, and I think that goes so heavily in society today oh, i'm just gonna change it i mean let's be real like from your major you pick all your electives and your your minors and then in high school you can pick all your classes or majority of it and then you go to chipotle you pick whatever you put on your bowl humans have this like ability to just choose whatever they want so it's like i feel like us as coaches do the same thing like you were here in college in a good job and you're like ah, i think i'm gonna go private ah, i think i'm gonna go professional i'm like is it really like you just trying to like not be satisfied with what you have or is it more like really like an issue of the job itself big facts <laughs> sorry i get i get excited and the coffee gets me going so. no nah, man i love it and i think that Klaus, this has been a great half hour, man. Where can people see more about what you're doing, brother? Uh, actually, that's funny. Philippe and I started a little bit of like a podcast thing. Um, um, and it's, it's crazy because it's like the whole idea was how can we give back, right? And the initial idea was like Brazil has been a lovely country to us, you know? Um, and it's like how can we give it back to Brazil? And people down there are so thirsty for the information and being like, you know, what is it like strength and conditioning in the United States and all that. So we want to share a lot of this stuff to them. So uh, on Instagram is FC strength. And then everybody's like, oh, really? Why is that? And I'm like, well, it's football club strength because we're from Brazil. So it's football club. <laughs> but then it was most likely it's Felipe and Klaus' strength. So there you go. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, my Instagram page, I'm very accessible there. Um, it's Klaus Antunes all together. So um, that's my handle. But I mean, that's, we're out there. And I'm yeah. sure you and I know someone that knows us and vice versa. So. No we'll doubt. Be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably too many, to be honest. But yeah. no. Listen, Klaus, man, I appreciate your time today, Thank buddy. You. This is sensational. Thank you so much. Anytime, brother. I appreciate you having me. This is an honor. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch real soon, bud. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Cheers. Stay strong. See you.